Welcome to Fantasmic. Tonight, our friend and host, Mickey Mouse, uses his vivid imagination to create magical imagery for all to enjoy. Wait a minute. I love that idea. How about some backstage passes? Oh, oh. As it turned out, folks, he was safe. When the ball was thrown home, Donald ducked. Relax, close your eyes, and come with me on an adventure in three-dimensional sound. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 538, and I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic, not just with this podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook, books, audio tours, special events, the WW Radio Nation, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week, I invite you once again to join me at the table at Raglan Road Irish Pub in Disney Springs for a live dining review. We'll not just sample the extensive, very extensive menu, but also chat with one of the live performers and some of the staff about the history and details of the location, as well as the cuisine and just how authentic it really is. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about our next Meet of the Month coming up in Walt Disney World, special events, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. about dining experiences in Walt Disney World. And for me, when I look for that and when I define that, it's something that combines as much of an entertainment destination as it is a wonderful atmosphere and place that serves excellent food. And I think here, and I can't believe it's the first time I'm doing this, at Raglan Road in Disney Springs, a place that I have come to for many, many years, I think this was one of the first restaurants to help usher in what Disney Springs has now become, especially in terms of creating that dining and entertainment experience beyond the menu itself. This was actually the former location of the Pleasure Island Jazz Company. And what I love about this restaurant is not just its Disney World history, but its real world history. Raglan Road, if you may know, is, is one of the best known streets in Dublin, in Ireland. It's lined with these beautiful, magnificent Georgian homes, and what the owners of Raglan Road wanted to do was bring a little bit of Ireland to that, not in, just in terms of the Irish cuisine from classics like shepherd's pie and fish and chips, but in terms of the authenticity of the location itself. The, the bars themselves were imported, some of them from Ireland, some of them are as old as 130 years old. So finally, after so many years and many shepherd's pie and wonderful nights enjoying the atmosphere and the entertainment, we are going to do our very first 
live dining review. And when you hear live dining review, you know I'm going to be surrounded by friends and family and extended family. And tonight, I think she would have killed me if I would have done this one without her because my wife, whose maiden name might be Testi, is half Italian and half Irish. So, of course, this is the, this is the one you've been waiting for, Deanna Mangello. So welcome back. I am so excited to be here, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> She's literally giddy, as if it's the first time she has ever done it. And of course, I had to bring two of my favorite food reviewers and two of my favorite children, really, Marion Rose Mangello. Hi. And Nicholas Peter. I'm glad to be back. It is uh, so good to have you guys here. Now, I, Deanna, obviously I know that you have been here with me many, many times over the years when this was Pleasure Island and, and Downtown Disney. Guys, is this the first time you've ever eaten here? I think I've been eaten here once or twice before, but other than that, this is our, our only our third time. Um, yeah, I've been here once or twice before again, but I don't remember it very well, so I'm excited to, you know, try it, I guess, for my first time, which is actually... And I love the fact that it's a, a new experience for you, and to a certain degree, one for us, because it has been a long time since I've been here for a full meal, and as I quickly was uh, looking over the huge, by the way, menu when we sat down, there are a lot of classic items and there's a lot of new items. But I think even before we get to the menu, I think one of the big things that's an attractor for Raglan Road is not just what you can eat or certainly drink. There is a number of bars here, but it's, it's the entertainment as well. And I think that's what makes it a dining experience. We'll talk a little bit and sample a little bit of the entertainment, but I cannot wait to sample a little or a lot of the food and perfect timing. Nicole, our wonderful server, is here. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. And we were talking beforehand. I said, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the menu. You're like, good, I'm a talker. I'm like, we just bonded instantly over food and talking. This is my kids' first time here. My wife and I have been here a number of times um, over the years, but... For those either who haven't been here before or maybe don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the, the, the thought process behind the menu, some of your favorites? Oh, absolutely. So what I love about Raglan Road is that what the inspiration comes from, everything you find inside of the restaurant has been imported from Ireland, which is really neat. Um, it's been inspired by a poet called Patrick Cavanaugh. So you're going to see a lot of pictures of him, a lot of the music that um, are played within our band is inspired by him, which is really cool. Um, a little bit about the menu. Um, up on the appetizers, we have our so soup, which is our soup of the day, and it changes daily. So today it's going to be a butternut squash soup. It's a blended soup with a base of heavy cream, so it's a very thick broth. Two of the, two of the most popular items on our menu you're going to find is our shepherd's pie and our fish and chips. Our shepherd's pie's contemporary twist has minced lamb, minced beef with carrots, a red wine juice topped with our mashed potatoes. It's very good. And our fish and chips, which is a classic, is going to come with an 8-ounce cod filet, beer battered, deep fried with chips, and a side of tartar sauce. You can't go wrong with that one. My personal favorite is actually our braised bee beef. It's going to be a short rib beef marinated in our short rib sauce with cocaine and mashed potatoes, a red wine juice served with our seasonal vegetables on the side. The presentation's phenomenal, and I love it a lot. So I noticed that there are a few that are called out as chef's favorites the Heavenly Ham, and talk to me a little bit about the Rack of Heaven. I just like the name, the Rack of Heaven Appetizer. 
Oh yeah, the rack of heaven is going to be a full rack of ribs glazed with our Guinness glaze sauce on top. It's absolutely delicious. It's an appetizer meant to be shared, but I've seen people have it as an entree. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, the, one of the things I love is that over the years, you know, sometimes in, in restaurants, the menus might change, they get a little smaller, uh, they get simpler. This menu has not changed. There's four, seven, ten, there's 13 different appetizers, and I'm going to quickly, there's about 24, 25 different entrees, not including salads and sides and things like that. So there's a lot of to literally and figuratively digest and go over. Uh, I think we're going to take a couple of minutes and, uh, and, and figure out where we want to go and just how hungry we are and just how much I, I'm willing to share with the rest of my family before we get into it. Um, there's also, as long as we're talking about the menu, if you flip it over, if you think there's a lot of food to sample, there are, I don't even think I can count this high, the number of drinks, flights, bottled beer, whiskeys, specialty libations, as well as wine. Can you talk a little bit about the drink menu and some of the options here as well? Yeah. So up on top, you'll notice we have all of our draft beers. All of our imports are going to come from Ireland. The only two that doesn't is our Guinness Blonde, which is actually brewed in America, and our Heineken is going to be brewed in Holland. Now, if you look toward the right, underneath our Raglan Rose signature brews come from our local breweries that brew those beers specifically for us. I recommend the Miriam's Coffee Stout, especially if you're a coffee lover like I am. Our craft bottled beers are going to be underneath that. Then over here in our specialty cocktails, our Dublin donkey is a pretty much favorite. It's going to be just like a Moscow mule, but instead of using gin or vodka, we use a whiskey. I love our Strawberry Fields Mimosa. I babysit my drinks quite often, so if you like something to sip on, I recommend it. It has champagne and vodka and a strawberry puree. It's awesome. And then down at the bottom, you'll find our wine and bubbly. We don't have an extensive list, but we do have one of everything. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to take in and a lot to go over. So we're going to need just a couple of minutes. First, Deanna has already she is she's pre-gaming with her reco- what is that <laughs> a recording beer, which is a it, it looks it's a hard cider. It's a strawberry and lime hard cider. Very good, very sweet and bubbly. Much like Deanna herself. Oh yeah. Uh, see, look at that. I, you you laid me up with a softball and I took oh, yeah. it. Um, awesome. Yeah, if we could have a couple minutes, we're going to go over and figure out where we want to go. How hungry are you? Um, insanely. Good, because I think you've come to the right place. And that is, that's still one of the things that I love about this restaurant, is just how many different items. And I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and, and the menu is inspired by not just classic, traditional Irish favorites, but there's also a little bit of a modern twist on some of these things. So I love the fact that there's so many different comfort food selections in here. Because when I think about Ireland, it's a like it's a you need to be in a pub and it needs to be warm and there's a lot of fun and you need to be comfortable and warm. So I love the fact that there's like a lot of stews and fish and chips and braised beef. And I already know what I want, so we're, I'm ready. And we're here in the fall, so all those things make sense. I mean, it, fall in Florida means it's only 85 degrees outside, but it is. It's that time of year when you want, you know, right. And, and I've had the, the shepherd's pie here before, and my mind, even before I got here, was going right there. But I'm going to go in with an open mind. So one other thing I have to mention is, is that they really put their heart and soul to making this feel like you're like in Ireland. Like, the it looks. 
it doesn't look, it just feels so nice and warm, and the atmosphere just, it's so good. The details. Yeah, you definitely forget that you are in Walt Disney World and Central Florida, and it doesn't feel like, remember, this is not a, a Disney owned restaurant. It's a third party operating partner, which, by the way, and this is the only one, this is the only Raglan Road. This is not a chain, and I love the fact that it's a unique experience, something that you can only find here. And I agree with you, Nicholas. I think the dark woods, the dim lighting, the fact that these bars were were handmade, assembled, built in Ireland, and then brought over here lends to that sense of authenticity. Even the background music. And then when the live entertainment starts, and that's one of the reasons why I think you you come for the food, you stay for the live entertainment, or in some cases, vice versa, because they have singers and dancers on the main stage, they've got um, um, Irish vocalists. There's an outside area, and I, and what I like about it too, and, and part of the reason why I wanted you guys to come is I want people to understand this is very much a family-friendly environment. So, for example, when you when one of the the bands, the the rhythms of Raglan, it's an hour hour and a half show that has house bands with dancers that hail from remember Riverdance. So it and what they do too. They invite kids to come up on stage and join the dancers. Deanna, I said kids. Just sit back down. They get a little certificate of achievement just by participating. So there's the main stage. There's a patio stage like from 8 o'clock until that 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. There's a big late-night environment and atmosphere here in Disney Springs. Um, there's, I think live music begins... I think live music begins about 4.30, and then there's live bands. Oh, no, sorry, the dance shows begin at 4.30, and the live bands start at 10.30. There's also a brunch here on the weekends we're going to have to come to. But I think that's one of the things I like is that this is a place where you can make it an evening of entertainment. So the other thing, too, is that these bands that they have and the entertainment that they have, a lot of them are families with their children that are the entertainers also. So you'll be outside passing, and there'll be a mother and a father playing a banjo, and the kid will be doing Irish step dancing or playing a drum. Or So I love the fact that they incorporate family in this because they do make an extreme... And, and, and the, the uh, entertainment varies. Uh, most of them are from Ireland. I think maybe we'll only get a chance to chat with somebody. Um, one of the entertainers later on again no dancing but this is why this I that's I knew that was going to come out you know that was like 45 years ago right no, it wasn't 45 years ago but thank you all right so let's quickly let's go through the menu just so we um, so we get an idea now this is the dinner menu there is a different menu for lunch dinner begins at three o'clock which is usually when Deanna likes to have dinner anyway and let's sort of go through some of the appetizers like she said there's a uh, a daily soup of the day. There's drunk mussels, which are uh, stewed in a, a pale ale and white wine and garlic. Irish smoked salmon with creme fraiche, capers, and shallots. An Irish egg. Ooh. A Guinness and onion sausage crusted egg with pickled cabbage and saffron aioli, which I'm sure is a lot like a scotch egg, but now I'm going to have to get one just to compare and contrast. I'm not even going to bother mentioning the heritage tomato salad. A kiss before shrimp. Pan-seared local Florida Gulf Coast shrimp, garlic and chili lemon butter sauce with a sliced baguette, a dalky duo battered cocktail sausage with dalky mustard dipping sauce. Oh, that sounds good, too. A chunky monk, which is what they would have called me if I went to the seminary, a beer-battered monkfish and zucchini chips with chunky tartar sauce, a crocopate, 
a crock of rustic chicken, oh, liver pate, <laughs> croco pate, served with apricot. I swear I haven't had a drink. A scallop forest, uh, which I've had in the past. The scallops are phenomenal. The Rock of Heaven, Smoky City, the creamy baked haddock and Dubliner cheese dip, and Nam Nam wigs. I think, do you guys have anything that's jumping right out? You're, you're hitting Rack of, Deanna's going Rack of Heaven. Anything jumping out at you? The Rack of Baby Back, Baby Back, Baby Back. Ribs. We'll make that happen. Marin, anything jumping out at you? Definitely the ribs. What is it? The ribs? Sorry, we have to look. So why don't we get the ribs and an Irish egg to start? Now, sit back, relax, as I go through the the menu. And you can hear that the, the music is starting to come up a little bit. And, there's, and what I love, so there's the main room, the main room. There's also... Um, side rooms and a private room in the back where the Irish dancers entertain as well. As if on cue, we were just treated by a wonderful short performance by two Irish step dancers who brought out a, a small square wooden board and did a little dance and then invited up probably eight to ten kids, gave them all little certificates. It was so great to see not just uh, a little bit of live entertainment outside the main room, but families, you know, these are, as look, as parents, those are the moments that we remember from our trips. As much as their first ride or their first, you know, whatever... It's those things and those photos that we take with us. But that's fine. But the thing that I'm most excited about is getting to the It's All to Devour main course selections. I'm going to go through this quickly because, again, there are a lot. It seems that all the entrees run about 16 to, it looks like the highest is about $26, $27 or so. So there's a stew ba, a braised lamb with root vegetable white stew with herb dumplings. A braised bee beef, as she said earlier, was one of her favorites. It's the brave beef with Colcannon mashed potatoes and roasted veggies. The famous fish and chips. There's a braised lamb shank. The bangin' bangers and mighty mash. Guinness and onion bangers and mash. Oh, I'm, wait, I might get, I might change my mind to get that. With traditional onion gravy. Mammy's roast chicken. It's a porker, which is usually, never mind. A grilled lollipop pork chop, root vegetable, mashed potatoes, pork crackling. Oh, with a pork and cider jus, the heavenly ham, Irish mist glaze, loin of bacon with savory cabbage, cold cannon potatoes, parsley cream sauce, and a raisin cider jus, a serious steak, as opposed to the humorous steak, a burger your way, a keen eye for the shepherd's pie, which is a traditional shepherd's pie with a little makeover with a contemporary twist, the boring burger, it's B-O-A-R, is grilled wire, wild boar, Cashew blue cheese, crispy onion strings, arugula. Oh, that sounds good, too. The raglan risotto. The big Q is red quinoa and white bean burger. A pie in the sky is a chicken, wild mushroom, and leeks in a white wine cream soft topped with a pust pastry. That sounds good, too. Cider salmon. In Cod's Way is a, a North Atlantic cod with lemon, lemon and herb crushed potatoes. Gnocchi C, gnocchi do. Handmade potato gnocchi sir, seared Scallops, crispy pork belly. Oh, you had me a crispy pork. And it's not bleeding chowder. That's what the chef said. It's the freshest cuts of seafood and potatoes in a white wine infused cream. 
broth. It, ladies first, is there anything that's jumping out at you first? Yes, of course, the braised beef. Braised beef? Yeah. So you're going with the braised bee beef? Yes. All right. Nicholas, what about you? To me, it looks like the heavenly ham is jumping out at me. That looks really good. I'm so excited because those are both things I wanted to try, but I don't have to use my selection on one of those. Marion Rose? I'm feeling very torn. There are three things that I want, but I can't get all three of them. I don't know if I want the shepherd's pie or the gnocchi or the, the, the not chowder. I don't know yet. So I'll make it easier for you because I am going to get, I can't, I'm a creature of habit. I can't help it. It's been so long since I've been here. I'm going to get the shepherd's pie. So we're getting the shepherd's pie, the ham, and the bee beef. Marion, if I were you, or if I was ordering for you, which I'm about to do, I think that you should get either the, what are you between? The gnocchi? I, I, I would normally almost not say gnocchi, but the crispy pork bellies in that white wine butter sauce with the scallops, I think you should get the gnocchi. Then you could have some of mine. But, but wait, we're not done yet. Because there's also not one, not two, not three, but four, five, six. There's nine different sides. I'm telling you right now, we're getting the smoky bacon and almond roasted Brussels sprouts. I raised, we raised our kids right because our kids love Brussels sprouts. And how about the... So wait, there's also the Colcannon mashed potatoes, the vegetable medley, herbed garlic Parmesan truffle chips. There's also crushed garden peas, mushy, they're mushy peas, and beer battered onion rings. All right, so why don't we get the truffle chips and the Brussels sprouts? Deal. All right, now I'm excited. And I'm hungry. Who am I kidding? I'm always hungry. We were confused and excited and hungry all at the same time, but I think we've got it narrowed down. I'm going to read your face for your reactions just to see. An Irish egg to split. A little rack of heaven. And the young lady across the way would like to have heavenly ham. No. No, you want heavenly ham. The young gentleman to my right wants heavenly ham. I want the braised bee beef. Um, can I have the gnocchi, please? And every time I come in here, I always get the shepherd's pie. So I'm going to get the shepherd's pie. <laughs> add what? I'm sorry. Did you want to add any Dublin or cheese with that? I assume that I'm supposed to because you're nodding. <laughs> yeah. Whoever says no to cheese. But wait, there's more. Would it be completely insane if we ordered two sides? So if I said smoky bacon and almond roasted Brussels sprouts? I would say you would be making the right choice. Oh, that a girl. And they're forcing me to get the garlic and Parmesan truffle chip. Yes, you have to have those as well. Those are delicious. Perfect. Excellent. We are super excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. And one of the things I've always loved about Raglan Road is when you come in here, we were talking about the atmosphere and feeling very warm and comfortable and inviting. And as many times as I've come here, it's always nice and comforting to see not just your favorite items on the menu, but but familiar faces. And in the past 15 years that Raglan Road has been here, one of the faces that's been here since day one 
is Sean. You are the director of operations. Uh, that's correct. And it is good to see you again. Thank you so much for having us tonight. I appreciate you coming over because I want to make sure that I really appropriately convey. We were talking about the the the, the warmth and the comfort, and more importantly, the authenticity of this, this restaurant. You don't sound like you're from Brooklyn. You sound like you might actually be from Ireland. So maybe can you talk to us a little bit about um, the history and, and some of the detail here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, obviously I, I come from Ireland, um, and one of the things we pride ourselves uh, on in Ireland is Irish hospitality. Uh, and that's something we really try to get across at Raglan Road. It's not just about giving people a good experience, good food and good drink, uh, which we have in abundance, uh, but it's, it's about genuine hospitality. And as you pointed out, we have a lot of locals, a lot of regulars who come back and see us all the time, which for where we're located is quite rare, I think. Um, and we, we do genuinely try to uh, offer people uh, that, that genuine hospitality they would find if they walked into a bar in Ireland. So I think you'll find that here at Raglan Road. So we talk about, as locals, how Disney Springs for us is is our fifth park. It is where we spend we spend more time at Disney Springs than we do in the theme parks. And I think that's what happens. I think, especially as locals, you find places where it's like cheers. You feel at home. You feel comfortable. And the fact that you can just sort of come in and walk up to the bar or sit outside, not even having to worry about making having reservations... Um, Gives that gives it that kind of sense, and I was saying earlier too. It's not. Sometimes people hear a pub or bar; they think it's more for adults. It's late, but I mean, almost every table in here is comprised of families. It is, and and uh, maybe some people might think it's strange for an Irish pub to be voted in the top fifty child-friendly restaurants in the U.S., which we were several years ago. Um, but I know very, very much a family atmosphere, and the Irish pub in Ireland is 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 a, is, a, is the family community centre. It's where you you know, as you're growing up, all major events are held in the in the local pub, um, and it's not always about drinking. It's about conversation. It's about meeting people. It's about music and dance, which we have also here uh, every night. Um, so no, very much the, the pub is is very very family friendly, and we're and we, our, our dancers and our entertainers, interact with the kids all the time and get them up on stage to uh, to show them some Irish dancing steps. So uh, very 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 family friendly, absolutely. And, and I like that. And there's a great energy here too. Um, even if you know, even in we're in sort of the one of the secondary rooms. There's a couple of rooms off to the side. If you don't want to be in the rain, main room, it's a place that you can talk to each other across the table but you still have that the wonderful music and I love the fact that they came into the room and brought some kids up and taught them how to do a little step dancing as well yeah obviously we would love for everyone to be able to see the the entertainment and the stage but just you know we, we can't possibly fit everyone uh, that comes in uh, in front of the stage so we do try to bring the stage to the people in the side rooms and what you saw there is is something that we do uh, several times during the night um, you'll see it again in, in about an hour's time the the musicians will come in and they'll sing a song and that's again kind of an ode to um, you know traditional Irish pubs where they wouldn't have a stage to perform they would just pull up a chair uh, and and sing a song or, or play a tune or, 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 or take the door down and do a step dance, which is what we try to emulate here. Uh, back in the day when there was just wood, uh, concrete floors in pubs, uh, they would take the doors off the hinges so that they would you know, have a soft surface to dance on, and that's what we try to do here. So. And what I like, too, is even as you're walking by outside, you've got the patio which has 
separate live entertainment than what's going on inside. Yeah, we uh, obviously been in Florida. Uh, people like to sit outside uh, when the weather is gorgeous, especially this time of the year. Um, and uh, yeah, so we offer it's it's a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere outside um, uh, with the bands. Um, the, the the dancers do go out there and perform as well, but not as it's not quite the the structured show like we have inside. So it's a bit more interactive. I guess get to you know uh, request what songs they want to hear. They can they can request their their old Irish favorites, um, or maybe something a bit more modern. You know, we've we've a, a massive array of young. Irish musicians at the moment um, it's, it's, it's kind of cool in Ireland to play music again as a young person it's, it's really revived the traditional uh, talent and we, we all of our musicians are, are from Ireland or the UK and they're all traditionally trained um, and they a lot of them because of their youth they tend to do a lot of crossover with maybe some of the more modern stuff so you'll hear a lot of that uh, on the patio as well so you might hear you know um, I, I don't know. I'd say a Michael Jackson song with a with a with an Irish traditional twist to it or something like that. Yeah, we actually heard that as we came in. It was a, and I don't know what it was called, but it was a it was a modern song that was being performed by the the trio or the quartet outside. And it was great seeing not just the people sitting on the patio dining, which I assume you have access to the full menu out there as well. Absolutely, yes. Full menu throughout the house, yeah. And, and at all of our bars as well. We have nearly 50 seats at our four bars that you can enjoy uh, the full menu at also. But Cooks of Dublin next door is different, correct? That's a quick service? Correct. Cooks of Dublin is a Dublin-style fish and chip shop, uh, walk-up counter service style. There's still 100 seats over there where you can sit and eat, but the concert was really to go. So come in, grab a box of food, and, and off you go. So... Uh, it's, uh, it's very much uh, in the style of a Dublin-style fish and chip shop. So we have fish and chips, uh, some great burgers there, uh, chicken and mushroom pies, um, and some great cookies for dessert as well. So years ago, uh, I was walking by with some friends, and uh, I, was, I was beckoned into Cooks of Dublin. Do you still have the fried Snickers? We don't, unfortunately, no. Uh, we don't. Uh, we, 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 we decided to, to go a different direction in the menu there. Um, uh, but, yeah, that, that was a hit when we had it on there, for sure. As if you couldn't make a Snickers any better. But, okay, so you are the guy who's sitting next to me from Ireland. I've got this massive menu. What is something that I would... I'd like? Are these things I would find in a traditional Irish pub? And or what is, as somebody who comes from Ireland... What is the thing that you eat on the menu that, that reminds you of home? Well, we try to reflect on our menu what modern Irish food is. So we try to, to give you the experience as if you were walking into a pub in Ireland. So if you walked into a pub in Ireland today, you would see stuff like we have in our menu. Um, so it's not, you won't find corned beef and cabbage, unfortunately, for uh, maybe a lot of your listeners. But I, I noticed that you ordered the Kevin's Heavenly Ham, uh, which, of course, is uh, something that I would have grown up with at home. It's, it's, it's what we would call, I suppose, our version of the, uh, the corned beef and cabbage. It's bacon and cabbage. So the corned beef was, is an American-Irish invention. Uh, you said bacon and cabbage? Bacon and cabbage. Okay, because yeah. if you couldn't make corned beef and cabbage any better, you replaced place it with bacon. Right, but it's not bacon in, in, in what you might think is breakfast bacon or shrieky bacon. It's more of a Canadian style ham, I suppose. Um, so, and we serve it with, uh, with, uh, with cocaine and potatoes, which of course you, you, you put a little bit more cabbage and, and, and ham in there. Um, and the parts of cream sauce and the raisin cider do really just add a bit of richness to it. And that's really a, a, a traditional dish that we've taken a bit of a modern twist to. So. And so how would the... So I, I can't get away from the shepherd's pie every time I come here. How does the shepherd's pie here? Oh my goodness. They just brought, I see why it's called the rack of heaven. That is a ginormous rack of ribs. Don't touch it until I photograph it, kids. This is the part that tortures them where they can't eat until I take a picture of it. Um, 
How does something like a shepherd's pie here differ from a shepherd's pie that you'd find at home? So we, we do a bit of a, uh, something different with our shepherd's pie. We do a mixture of beef and lamb. Um, and it's served with a very uh, rich um, port wine jus as well. So, um, so I suppose shepherd's pies at home are, are traditionally served in a bowl with a kind of a potato crust on it. We, we still serve it in a bowl, but we, we kind of serve it um, in a uh, standing up. So it's a little bit of a different presentation. Uh, but the main difference is the mixture of the beef and the lamb. So... We are super excited. More importantly, we're super hungry. Uh, we are about to uh, to dig into the Irish egg and the uh, and the rack of heaven. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time. It smells so good. Uh, you're welcome to stay and have some. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I'm spoiled with this every day, so I'll let you enjoy your meal by yourself and your family. Awesome. Thank you so much, and thanks so much for having Thank us. You. Appreciate My it. Pleasure. Sorry guys, that, is, so that was a big hit, that, uh, especially with the, it's served with the same glaze we do with the soda bread, so it's, it's Oh, I hope you left some of that glaze in the soda bread. So touch this very quickly, uh, I saw my family devouring as we were talking, they bring a traditional Irish soda bread. Yeah, so we, we make this in-house every day, uh, the first thing they do when they come in in the morning is uh, get the soda bread in the oven. Um, so it's all handmade. Uh, if you make soda bread in a mixer, it tends to turn out very dense. It's quite a dense bread as it is. Uh, so ours is all hand-mixed in the old traditional way. Um, and we serve it with, uh, with an olive oil and a, a Guinness and honey glaze. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Wait, let me try this. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> Don't eat. Stop eating my soda bread. That's so good. And you'll enjoy that glaze on the, on the rack of ribs there as well. So. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Enjoy. So Sean was a lovely gentleman with a wonderful accent, but this rack of heaven ribs smells phenomenal. It is a huge rack of ribs. There's probably 12 to 14. Deanna, you're you're cutting them up, but they're basically falling apart. They're really falling off the bone as opposed to you cutting the meat itself. Marion has already dug in. So I'm going to give you first crack at, uh, at laying these out. Mm-hmm. Other than mm-mm. Wait, finish first. Okay. So right over here that we bring to the table is our traditional Irish soda bread, which is made with soda water and buttermilk. And in the ramekin is our olive oil and Guinness glaze made with Guinness beer and sugar. Really nice. All right, so Deanna, you are a rib connoisseur. We have traveled, literally traveled the country and the world sampling ribs. We've got favorites around the country. How do these stack up? So I have to say they are braised to perfection. The outside is ju- has just enough crispiness to it, and the inside, it, it falls right off the bone. So you don't... I, you, I didn't even need a knife to cut them so that everyone got them. You could actually just tear them right off. So it's delicious. I love them. They, on the outside, they're really sweet and peppery and crispy and then on the inside the meat is super tender and soft you barely even need to chew it like it is so like soft yeah Nicholas if you can if you can come up for air for two seconds what do you think these ribs the glaze adds the perfect amount of sweetness to help condescend the savoriness and it's just perfect that's what it is that glaze first of all let's sort of go from the inside out that sear that they and that crispiness that they put on the outside locks in all the juices in the meat. The, the, the it's so tender. 
more importantly, it's so juicy. Sometimes when ribs are cooked too much, they get very dry. And then you cover that up with a sauce, which sort of uh, uh, takes away from that. This is just the opposite. I mean, you can even see just how juicy they are. But that glaze is ridiculously good. It's sweet, but not so much so that it overpowers the savory. It's a really nice balance. And it's very different than a Memphis or a Kansas City or or, um, a dry rub type of barbecue. This is obviously a very... You guys ate so many ribs, I only got one. Save me something. But as Deanna takes a chunk of meat and sticks it in her mouth. But there is a... um, there's a, 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 a sweetness to here, and you don't sort of taste any type of Guinness or anything like that. There's none of that um, um, heavy Guinness flavor to it, which obviously cooks off from it. But you guys are devouring these. Nicholas is like, move the microphone away. They're that good. It says great for sharing. These come in at $28, which, sound, which may sound like a lot for an appetizer, but there is a lot to this. Like, I can come here and just get appetizers, sit here, listen to the music, you get a drink or whatever. Like, that's that's the kind of, that's a nice night. I, I would be happy not having it at entrees and just doing appetizers all night. I agree. There's so many ribs here. Between this, you can get this. And then we've got the egg. The egg and another appetizer and be done. Have a drink and enjoy the entertainment. Yeah, this I can see why this is um, this is clearly a chef favorite. We also got the Irish egg, which is a Guinness and onion sausage crusted egg, pickled cabbage on a saffron with a saffronioli. Now, when you when you think of a, uh, a a sausage crusted egg, it's a larger size egg. It's almost I want to say almost a base. It's pretty much a baseball size, and there's a thick layer of crust of the um, onion sausage uh, and Guinness. We cut it into fours. That egg is sort of, um, it's like a medium poach style egg. And it's served warm, yep. All right, dig in. See, I love that. I've had the scotch egg at the UK Pavilion at Rose and Crown. I think this is so delicious. It's almost like getting all your favorite parts of breakfast into like one little egg. Nicholas, what do you think? I think the egg has a really good like comp- the bre- like the egg like represents breakfast and that complements like the fried around it that represents the dinner and it's just a good combination. I like the the the, the textural contrast and complements to each other. The soft, warm egg and that crunchiness of the outside. There's almost a little hint of a of a spiciness to the sausage. Though I could order those two back to back, no sweat. So I think I love the appearance of it, too, because you think of an egg with the shell outside. So they do give you the shell, which is the sausage, and it actually has this wonderful layer of crispy panko that they deep fry over this delicious, warm, soft, boiled egg inside. So when you crack it open, you have that yummy yolk that you feel like you need a piece of toast to dip in, and we're lucky. You just looked over the bread. (laughs) 
I just looked over to make sure that we do have some bread left because there is some yolk that I would like to dip into. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my bread while we're waiting for our entrees, and this is this bread could be dangerous because it's very easy just to keep taking this and dipping it into that glaze because it's that good. I can make this glaze at home, so we could just dip bread in it, or we could just come here instead. So our entrees just came out, as, as well as our sides. First things first, presentation and portion size. The presentation on these, I love these, um, these decorative plates, is beautiful. The portion sizes are massive. Like, my shepherd's pie is probably the diameter of a softball. Nicholas has ham like three large pieces of ham with bacon on top of potatoes. Deanna's plate, again, big portion. And Marin, we're going to start with yours because you got the gnocchi si, gnocchi do, which is handmade potato gnocchi, seared George's bank scallops, crispy pork belly, tomatoes and kale, and a white wine butter sauce. This entree was $27, and I expected a giant plate of gnocchi and vegetables and one scallop. There were three massive yet incredibly tender, spoiler alert, scallops and lots of gnocchi. I'm going to go first because I I even hesitated when we were ordering it. I cannot believe how tender and flavorful the scallops are. But more importantly, gnocchi can often be, it's a potato pasta, so it can be very, very dense, very heavy. I'm remarkably surprised at how light that that is. Especially you hear it's a white wine butter sauce. You think it's going to be a very heavy dish, and it's not at all. I really, really enjoyed it. I was really hesitant to order it. So I'm like, how is that Irish? Uh, this is not correct. But it's so good. The gnocchi itself is like, it's green in color, which kind of was like, eh. But it ended up turning out so good. The scallops are really really big and tender and I don't even like scallops but they were like perfect on this and the sauce is really salty and buttery and the kale adds really good flavor 10 out of 10 so what I was very impressed with as that is is the gnocchi it's almost very like airy usually the gnocchi can be very dense but when you bite into it it's almost like a very airy refreshing um, flavorful piece of potato. Uh, the, the sauce is extremely light. It's not heavy at all. And with the pork belly, the accent of the saltiness is, is actually just enough with the crispiness from the pork belly. So it was, I have to give that a 10 also. Yeah, when I first heard about crispy pork belly, I'm like, that's a bonus, but I almost didn't I think it would it would be a, a good compliment. I thought it would be almost a contrast to the gnocchi and the scallops, but not at all. I think that is phenomenal. And again, it's a huge it's a huge portion that comes in at twenty seven dollars and much lighter than it 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 appeared when I first read it. Nicholas, did you try it? Yes, I did try the gnocchi, and I gotta say, I expected it to be very very heavy. And I know you've probably heard this a lot during this review, 
but it was a lot lighter than I expected, and it was delicious. And the scallops were so tender and flavorful. They were just, it was just such a good um, dish. Excellent. Let's move over and all sample some of, if Deanna can, she's, she's like a prisoner, huddle over her food so nobody else can taste it. Deanna, what did you have and what's your first impression? So I have the bee braised beef. And first of all, let me just tell you about this presentation. It comes out with these portions that are unbelievable. The portion of the meat comes out in your like your grandmother's saucepan with the lid on it, with this huge spring of rosemary, with a nice yeah, keep talking. This is really good. <laughs> with a nice bowl next to it of your grandmother's homemade steamed vegetables with salt and pepper and butter and garlic on them. When you take the lid off your pot of beef and mashed potatoes, the smell is incredible. You feel like you're actually home in your grandma's kitchen. The beef is so tender and soft, you don't even need a knife or anything to eat it with. That's crazy good. Marion's scallops were so 30 seconds ago. Did you try that? I thought it was really good. It was not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting more of like a, a corn beefy, not really seasoned piece of meat, but it was actually like very seasoned, very sweet, and the mashed potatoes were so good, and with the vegetables, it's super fresh, but like, this is, I feel like, the total opposite of mine. It's kind of more like a hearty, like literally meat and potatoes meal, while mine was like a really light, airy, um, what do I, like... Springy, I guess. Which is meal. interesting that you say that about gnocchi because gnocchi can be so dense and heavy. That right there, that is exactly as we said before we got here about it being comfort food. Like it's sort of that it it, it warms you from the inside out. Nicholas, did you, did you try that? I did try the beef, the bee grease beef or whatever it's called. Um, and it is super duper comforting and you feel like you're at home and someone just gave you this amazing beef and mashed potatoes. And it falls apart. I mean, we were talking about it being so tender but not overcooked. Again, it's a huge portion of meat. So you have sort of a, um, almost a small pan with the meat and the potatoes and then a separate dish bowl with all of the roasted vegetables, which I didn't even bother going for because I was just so... I'm I'm skipping the vegetables. I'm going to keep eating the meat. Uh, from here, we're going to sort of keep going around the circle. Nicholas got the chef favorite, Heavenly Ham, which is Irish misglazed loin of bacon, with savory cabbage, colcana potatoes, parsley cream sauce, and a raisin cider jus. Ju- this comes in at $26. Have you tasted it yet? Um, I'm cutting up right. Good. Make sure you cut enough for everybody. Again, it's a huge portion of ham. They are thick. Um, there's three thick slices over the potatoes. Go ahead, everybody, take a taste, and then we'll... So we were incredibly pleasantly surprised at just how light the gnocchi is. Normally, gnocchi is a very heavy meal. It's phenomenal. The scallops are cooked perfectly, which is an art because... If it's a minute too much or a minute too little, they can be very chewy, they can be very rubbery. That was great until I tried the braised beef. That 
is phenomenal. I wanted her to keep on talking and tasting her vegetables because I was amazed. We were talking about how this is sort of Irish comfort food. That's exactly how I felt when I tasted it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so great. So the vegetables that are served with it is going to be Brussels sprouts, squash, snow peas, and carrots, which are going to be tossed in oil and roasted in the oven. So I love that that flavor and just that kind of how everything just comes together. I love the rosemary. You can really taste how earthy the meal is with the red wine jus at the bottom of the pot and our cocaine and mashed potatoes. So, Nicholas, you have the chef-recommended heavenly ham, which was three large, thick slices of ham with a a wonderful sort of um, sweet glaze on it and bacon in between. Let me know your thoughts. All right, so I have a few things to say about this. Number one, the portion size is phenomenal. They give you a good amount of ham, a little bit of bacon with that, and they give you a good amount of potatoes. Number two, at first, the ham may see a a little dry, but there are two sauces that are on the bottom of the plate, and when you dip the ham into those sauces, it, like, makes it so good. So one looks like it's a parsley cream sauce, and it's also a raisin cider jus, that darker sauce on the side. So what I have to say about the ham is that it actually is really not dry at all. I thought it was deliciously cooked. It wasn't dry, and the sweetness really came through. With the, the portion of the potatoes, it was phenomenal. I So what I liked about this and then why I mentioned the glazes is because, like like some of us, it's a little salty and it's a little sweet. And, and I love that contrast and compliment that it has to it. Again, the portion sizes, it's comfort food. It's on that bed of potatoes. This comes in at $26. And the only thing better than Heavenly Ham is Heavenly Ham with a little background of some live music not far from your table. on to the signature shepherd's pie we ordered two sides one was the garlic and parmesan truffle chips which are like truffle fries but that smoky bacon and almond roasted brussels sprouts we raised our kids my kids we you guys love brussels sprouts which is amazing to a lot of parents i know but it's because when you cook them like this they're look like they're almost like a little bit like burnt on the ends there's something that brings out the sweetness it's got to be sort of that that bacon fat and the almond brings out some of the sweet no it's the balsamic vinegar glaze that they wrote they roasted in in this delicious little pan and then they throw the cheese and the almonds on it and it's just so this is it's a large it's probably a nine inch in diameter skillet my daughter loves it so much you're literally eating them with your fingers. Your manners aren't the best, but the fact that you're eating Brussels sprouts, it doesn't matter. But this comes in at $9. I would order this, which I want the, the, the items to share. I would have that, the rack of heaven, the egg, and a couple of the other appetizers. You get a bunch of friends together or eat that by myself. I, that's one of my favorite things that we've had tonight. I think that's really, really good. But we've saved what I think for a lot of people is the go-to. It's the item that they know the most is the keen eye for the shepherd's pie. This, for me, it, it, it hits not just it here, 
But the shepherd's pie, for me personally, hits on all the things. It's meat and potatoes. It's got the cheese on top. So you've got the hearty and the savory and the creamy. And I like foods. This is going to sound weird. I like foods where you can fit everything onto one forkful. So you get it's like a little buffet on a single fork. And that's what you get with the shepherd's pie. It is that comfort food. There's a... Um, there's a, a spiciness, and I don't mean a heat spice, but spices to the meat in the shepherd's pie, and you combine that with that creaminess of the potatoes, it, that's just why I can't get away from it. So the other thing, too, is that you hear pie, and you think of something that is going to have a crust to it. And usually, the traditional shepherd's pie is presented almost in a, like a pot pie, and everything is inside of it. Well, this shepherd's pie that is here is not in a crust at all. It's actually in like a portion control little circle. Just like Lou said, you can put your... It's like a cylinder. It's like a, it's like a softball-sized cylinder. And you can put your fork in and get every single taste from the mashed potatoes to the cheese to the meat in one bite. Now, the meat is actually, um, it's delicately spiced. It's not, you know, abrasive or it's not, you know... It doesn't, like, overpower... It's hearty, but not heavy. Yeah, it, it doesn't overpower the meat at all. And I there it also, I think there's some vegetables in there, too, that they have in the, with the meat, which actually adds nice flavor. Did you try the shepherd's pie there, Slick? Yes, I did, and I think it's the perfect contrast of the meat and, pota- and the potatoes and the cheese. And like you said, it's a little buffet on the plate. You can fit everything on one fork for, and it's just delicious. And there's... I want to sort of convey the portion sizes are huge. Like, I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. There's no way I can finish this by myself. I'm going to be eating this. I can't wait to have this tomorrow for lunch. But all of our portion sizes are huge. Like, you can easily split or share an entree. We're going to be taking all this home tomorrow because I am so full. But yes. And by eating it tomorrow, I mean I'm going to sit down tonight in front of Netflix at 12 o'clock at night and finish my shepherd's pie. Now, I want you guys to rate in order. I want you to rank in order the four entrees. Nicholas, you, you you already have your order in mind. Rank from four to one. Okay, so I think my least favorite would be my ha- the ham. Then I want to go to New Yorkie. And then I'll go to shepherd's pie. And then the best one would probably be the braised BB. Okay. Marion Rose? Um, I think my favorite has to be the gnocchi. I really, really liked the sauce and how light it was. My second favorite is the beef because I really like the vegetables. My third was probably the ham, just because, I don't know, I'm a ham person. And then um, my fourth would be the shepherd's pie, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was bad. It's just that I liked all of the other ones so much. And I think you were full. Like, I think the last thing you had, because we've been taking, we've been taking a long time eating this meal, I think as you started to get more full, I don't think you gave shepherd's pie its fair due. Okay, so I'm going to throw a real wrench in it. My first is the ribs. So you're going four to one. Oh, four to one? Okay, so I'm going to put the ham last. The shepherd's pie. The gnocchi. My beef. 
And my number one was absolutely the ribs by far. The ribs. So you actually counted the ribs as an entree. That's how good they were. So it's hard because I enjoyed them all for different... Like, I could, I would come here and order any one of these as an entree. From four to one, I'm only putting the ham at four because it's a, it's a traditional ham. I feel like I could have that elsewhere. This is where I'm having trouble because I'm trying not to forget how much I love the gnocchi, but it was four, it was four entrees ago. So I'm going to go ham, gnocchi and scallops. Oh. It's a tie. It's a tie for first place. So no, I'm going to go ham. I can't put shepherd's pie at three. I can't do it. So I've got to put gnocchi at three. I almost want to put braised beef as number one. It was that good. But I'm going to put braised beef at number I'm sticking with the winner. I can't. The shepherd's pie, even though it was the last thing I ate and I was full from sampling everything else. And by the way, we have a lot of food left over. And we only order an appetizer each. And I will actually put as my one, I would put my aunt. I love the appetizer so much. I think that rack of heaven and the the Scott, the Irish egg and the side of the um, the Brussels sprouts. Oh, and one A subsection one is the bread with the dip. Tell me, you're laughing at me. Tell me that dip wasn't delicious. I wanted to I wanted to drink the the dip the that um, that dip for the what, what what's in the what's in the dip again? Like Guinness and sugar. No, and something else. No, that's it, it, and olive oil. And olive oil. Yeah, I could drink it. I could put that on anything and everything. You know, of course, it's also probably dessert too. <laughs> Marion's ready for a nap. So, I'm going to tell you two words that rarely come out of my mouth when I'm eating is, I'm full. We're full. Like we mentioned and remarked at how large the portion sizes are. But usually when we do this and all of us sharing, but every one of us has food left over to take home, which is Yahtzee. That's a win for me late night tonight. Um, but yeah, the, the portion sizes are phenomenal. And those Brussels sprouts are like candy. They're amazing. I mean, the Parmesan cheese, the almonds that are tossed in there, and the bacon bits. Oh my God. How can you like not order them when you see it? It is. And cheese. Yeah. Hence the shepherd's pie. Yeah, if you like bacon, this is definitely the place to go. There's a little bit of, of bacon sprinkled here and there. That being said, I think we would be remiss and almost insulting to the chef if we didn't even at least ask about dessert options. Oh, we have so many good options. Our bread and butter pudding is probably the most popular dessert on the menu. How could it not be? It's made of bread and butter. Butter. Oh, yes. It's soaked in butterscotch, baked in the oven. It's delicious. And served with a cream anglaise sauce and a butterscotch sauce on the side. It's amazing. And then our chocolate heaven is made with almond flour. So it's completely gluten-free and dairy-free. So if you have an allergy, I always like to recommend that one. It's good. 
What else is on, just for, you know, just to be a completist, what else is on your dessert menu? Oh, yeah, so we also have a Raglan Delight, which is going to be served with vanilla ice cream, a raspberry puree with a pavlova on top, which is almost like a hard frosting. You kind of crack it open with a spoon, and it has a very soft inside. A lot of people tend to like that one, as well as our fluffy lemon clouds, which is almost like a key lime tart. It's kind of hard to say no to our dessert menu. So... I think we have to go with bread and butter. How how can we not? How can we do it? A little bit of bread and butter, and and one, two, three, four, like six boxes for all this food. I'm gonna have a me party with Netflix tonight. My couch and all of our leftovers. I am gonna have so much. I'm gonna put on my stretchy Spider-Man underoos, and I'm gonna have round two of Raglan Road. All right, so I need your help because I right. You said there's a way to eat this because it comes in a giant mug, but there's two little sauces on the side. Teach me, oh, oh, Jedi Master. Of course. So can I use the spoon? Excellent. So the trick is, in order to actually enjoy it, is by scooping everything out of this giant mug, as you say, onto the plate that it's served with as well. So we're just going to kind of scoop out the bread pudding. Going to get all that goodness out of there. We're going to kind of mush it and separate it so that it kind of comes flat on the surface on top of the plate. And then on the two sauces that's coming on the side of it, you're going to find our creme anglaise sauce, which is going to be the white one, and our butterscotch sauce. And I'll let you kind of moderate that because then what you would do is then pour the sauce on top of the bread pudding, and that's how you kind of you'll be able to actually enjoy all of it with the flavors. So do you do like half on one side, half on the other, or do you mix and match? So I would just drizzle both sauces. Um, sometimes I get a little out of control with the butterscotch, only because we it's served warm, and it's just better off that way. So I would recommend doing two sauces, but maybe go a little bit heavier on the butterscotch. So this too, once you, I mean, the, the mug was huge, but once you took it out and laid it out, that's a really big dessert. Like, that's a super shareable dessert. Oh, it's amazing. It's delicious. It's super rich. It's so buttery. Oh, it's it's amazing. I always recommend to share it. Yeah, you, Deanna, you look like you were ready for a nap until you dug into that, and all of a sudden your eyes lit up. You're like a puppy over there. Your ears perk. It's like, oh, it's like buttery, yummy, so, so goodness. Marin, you are the, the, the resident sweet expert of the family. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I don't like pudding at all. I actually hate pudding. But this is very, very good. Because the butterscotch sauce, without the butterscotch sauce, I'm not going to lie, it would not be my favorite thing. But with the butterscotch sauce, it makes it very, very good. And it's like, I can't even describe it. It's like, when you put it in your mouth, it just like melts away. So, the way they cook this pudding, I can't even call it a pudding. It's like a bun. No, it's not. It's like it's a like a bread. It's like a bread pudding. But then you put these two sauces on it, and you would just want to like s- swim in the cup that it came in. Just the butterscotch one. Nicholas Peter, you're quiet. You're quiet, but you're still chewing. So I say this all the time. I'm normally not. So, as somebody who's not a sweet person, there's so much savory from the bread. And the bread is so soft. It's like it just came out of the oven. And it's, it, the butter, it is, it's so meltery. You put it in your mouth, and it does. It just, it's, it melts. I mean, when you say it melts in your mouth, that's not sort of a euphemism. It really does. 
that literally melts in your mouth and with the butter sauce sauce and the other sauce like combined it's so good. and I think those are I think those are raisins on top which makes it healthy by definition sure healthy by definition there's nothing healthy about it but let me just say again it almost when you put it on the plate it doesn't look appetizing and then you pour the sauces on and you're like okay let me just taste it and then you taste it and it's like a magical and if he hadn't have shown us how to do it, we wouldn't have literally eaten it wrong. We would have tried to eat it out of the... Like, I would have poured a little bit on top or made a hole in the middle like a souffle. That's what, that's what it is. That's the word we were looking for. It's like, yay me. It's like, three years of law school, I can say the word souffle. It's like a little... It's a buttery souffle, and you put those two sauces on. That's real... Mm-hmm. And it's coming full circle. And I have an idea. You come here and you get an Irish coffee and this bread and butter pudding. And so this is, so here's my, here's for me how when I come back, maybe we'll do a nation night at Raglan Road. We'll invite some friends from the WW Radio Nation. Go to WWRadioNation.com to find out how you can be part of it. We'll have a nation night. We'll get a big table, a bunch of appetizers, and I think 11 people can share this. Get a few of these, nice little cup of coffee, or you can have a little beer or a cocktail, listen to some live music. That's a nice night right there. Well, then if we're going to do that, we have to get the ribs again. Right. So we get a bunch of appetizers to share amongst the nation people. We get a few of these for dessert. That's a good evening. WW Radio Nation Night at Raglan Road. We are going to make that happen. So, all right, kids, first things first. Is this, now that you've come here for dinner, got the full experience, is this a place that when on a Friday or Saturday night we're saying, hey, where do you guys want to go for dinner? Is, or we're thinking about going to Disney Springs. Is this a place that would be on your radar? Yes, not only because of the food, but also because of the happy and comforting atmosphere as well. I think those two complement each other perfectly, and it just creates an all-around amazing experience here. I would definitely come back purely for the bread. (laughs) We'll definitely be back. No doubt about it. I knew this would be very high on your list. And again, part of the reason why I wanted you guys, especially you kids to come is because I want people to understand that it's not just a pub type environment where you come late night for some drinks or beers and and things like that. It's a place where you can come as a family and make an evening out of it. Nice way to sort of wind down from a day in the parks. It's a great atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. Um, Definitely a place we'll come back again. But I want to know from you, my friend, the listener who's been sitting at this empty chair right next to me. If you have ever been to Raglan Road, if so, what do you think? If not, is Raglan Road now on your must-do, must-eat, must-experience list? I want to thank Raglan Road again for their hospitality in inviting us tonight and uh, for all of the amazing food and entertainment. And now I need to go to the Raglan Road nap room because if they had a little section in the back and couches and blankies. That's what you need after after a night at Raglan Road is a nice Raglan nap. I think 
I think your mother and sister are going to literally fall asleep right here at the table. Yeah. They're having a food coma. So as if our meal and our dessert and our dessert wasn't enough, we get an extra special treat tonight. We talk about how Raglan Road is a true dining experience, not just because of the food and the atmosphere, but because of the entertainment. And we're joined at the table by one of tonight's entertainers, Cameron Ross. Cameron, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to guess by your accent and the kilt that you are not an Orlando native. And would I be incorrect if I said you were from Scotland? That's more than correct, yes, from Scotland. And uh, I think I'm supposed to wear the kilt just uh, to sort of um, make that clear to everyone at Raglan Road. Um, and I'm not Irish either. So <laughs> Probably also, if you've been here for a Florida summer, you probably stay cooler than a lot of the guys do wearing the kilt. It's uh, kind of like a air conditioning, you know, <laughs> that comes with me wherever I go. So You are single-handedly going to bring kilts back to the Orlando area so locals like us can start staying cooler in the summer. So, so how long have you been here? So I've, I've actually been here on and off for um, almost two years now. Uh, I sort of go away for a while, come back for six months, go away, come back for a year, or, you know, so on and off for two, two years. And so from what I understand, you don't just... You, first of all, you're an extraordinary fiddler player. I was watching you. It was like smoke was coming off. You were going so fast. <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's a huge compliment. So, <laughs> How long have you been playing? I've been playing the, the fiddle for a lot. I think I was maybe about six or seven years old. So started taking it kind of seriously when I was about 16. So, yeah. well, my, well, my kids and I were just talking about taking up an instrument and playing an instrument. So... Um, and how important it is to start at such a... But that's not the only instrument you play, correct? No, no, I play uh, guitar, mandolin, and percussion as well. So, yeah. yeah. And if I was reading correct, you you just came where you were um, a, a finalist in a BBC competition? That's right. So I um, just um, was over in Scotland in October for the uh, BBC Radio Scotland Young Traditional Musician of the Year. Quite a mouthful. <laughs> so it's the semi-finals and got through to the finals now, which will be held in January at Kettle Connections. So, so when you come from Scotland and, and obviously probably other places in Europe, and then you come to a place like Raglan Road, does this sort of feel like a little bit of home transplanted to Florida? Definitely Raglan Road's a, a fine example of back home and uh, what happens back there. You know, um, from the music to the food as well. So it's nice. I was going to ask you about the food. Like, you know, is this sort of like, you know, traditional pub or your mom's cooking? Yes, it is. Yes, it's shepherd's pie and things. I was like, what's your favorite? <laughs> shepherd's pie is uh, it's up there. And uh, the, the mommy's chicken or the, the mommy's chicken, I think, you know, that's uh, it's another nice meal there. Yep. And so when you come and play here in Orlando, obviously there's a lot of locals, but obviously a lot of tourists. What kind of responses or reactions or, or feedback do you get from guests? Um, I think um, they're very curious about uh, about the kilt and things, and you know uh, how how the difference between Scotland and Ireland. And um, I think they just really really enjoy the music, and a lot of them are quite interested in, in you know where it's from and the hist- history, especially. One thing I noticed as you were playing, I was watching the guests as much as I was watching you, and I was watching a lot of the kids were sort of fascinated. Do you get a lot of questions from kids about, you know, because when I was a kid, playing the violin or the fiddle is not what the cool kids did, but you're sort of making that instrument cool. I was watching them. So do, do kids come up to you and ask you about, you know, um, picking up that instrument? Yes, so um, that's a, a nice part of the job is 
um, they normally come up and, and uh, first say that they play as well and uh, it's, it's nice because they seem interested in, in learning how to go about playing more traditional music, Irish, Scottish music um, because myself, you start, you start with the classical you know, repertoire mostly and then it's nice to hear that they're, they're, they're interested in the, the Celtic music as well so that's a nice part yeah and I think what you do and you can hear the dancers in the background that's sort of what makes the Raglan Road experience so unique is the fact that there's live entertainment going on all day and it's authentic you know you come from Scotland you, you play Irish music so it's um, it really does sort of bring that for those of us who probably might never get to Ireland you get a little bit of that experience here exactly yes I think we're, um, we're lucky to sort of um be given the freedom to, to be ourselves, like you said, and uh, creates a nice atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Dancing. All right, so taking all that aside, when was the first time you actually came to Orlando? Uh, the first time would have been uh, about a year before coming out to play, so 2015, I think. All right, so what was your first impression when you went to Disney and you went to the parks? <laughs> Very hot, I think the first thing. Oh, goodness. Very sweaty. Um, not like Scotland at all. No, no, really not. But I think I've got used to it now. But that was um, that was a big shock. The heat. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, but. Do you go to the parks at, at all much? Much? And if you do, do you have a favorite attraction? Um, I think uh, yeah, I do. I, I really enjoy going to the parks. Um, I think my favorite attraction would be Small World. Actually, uh, <laughs> I like seeing the the different countries. And uh, I think there's a bagpipe player yeah, yeah. in Small World. So I think that's my favorite. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm sure your favorite place to eat is here at Raglan Road, but since coming to America, or specifically here, Disney and Disney Springs, or even the parks, has there been one food that you've tried for the first time that you just fell in love with? Um, I think I think my favorite food has to be the uh, the nachos in Epcot. <laughs> uh, I just, I love the, the amount of different things you get. But I think um, my favorite sort of meal was probably... Um, it's the, the restaurant at Jungle Cruise. I'm trying to remember the oh, name of the restaurant there. Skipper Canteen. Skipper Canteen, yeah, yeah. yes. I really enjoyed that, actually. Uh, I like the sort of slightly different, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the, the menu. Really nice. So. so if people want to come out and see and hear you, uh, when are you here? Uh, here six nights, uh, sometimes five a week. Uh, and that's from 10.30 to 1 a.m. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that's a long, that's a long... Uh, yeah, it's... Are you inside and outside? Just, uh, it's just the main stage inside um, every night almost. So, yeah. Excellent. Definitely come and check you out. Cameron, thanks so much, thanks man. So much. Really, pleasure care. meeting you. I love the accent. <laughs> it's like brain. <laughs> Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details. Sometimes what you see or hear, maybe if I'm hungry, what you eat. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So on the last show, it was Mickey's 90th birthday, and to celebrate, I wanted to have a question about Mickey 
but in Walt Disney World. And I reminded you that, of course, Storybook Circus was at one time Mickey's Toontown Fair. But that area originated as something else and had one other name before it, before it became Mickey's Toontown Fair. I asked, you answered. I want to thank and congratulate the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, or at least gave it a pretty creative try, because the original two names for that area were Mickey's Birthday Land and then Mickey's Starland. So remember, back in 1988, Mickey was celebrating his 60th birthday, and the Magic Kingdom decided to celebrate in a very big, very special way. So they took some of that unused uh, land right to sort of the east of where 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, may you rest in peace, and cleared way for what was going to be a temporary land to become Mickey's birthday land. They themed it around the town of Duckburg and sort of made their way into creating something that was like a smaller temporary version of what would be Toontown in Disneyland. There was a circus tent, there was Grandma's Duck Farm, and then because it was so popular, they decided to keep this, again, quote-unquote, very, very um, quickly fabricated and meant-to-be-short-term land going. So in, Mickey, in May of 1990, it became Mickey's Starland before becoming Mickey's Toontown Fair and eventually Storybook Circus. If you go back to show number 42, wow, that was a long time ago, so that was probably about 2007 or so, I give the entire history of Mickey's Birthday Land, Mickey's Starland, and Mickey's Toontown Fair, and again, because it was Toontown, it was 2007, Storybook Circus wasn't even a vision in Bob Iger's and the Imagineer's Eye. Anyway, that very long-winded answer, go back to, to episode 42 for the full history of Mickey's Toontown Fair. But I randomly, as always, selected one winner, and again, last week you were playing for all of my seven audio tours, including Mickey's Toontown Fair of Magic Kingdom. It's a snapshot of a moment in time. There's great audio in the background, though. It's really cool. A, uh, a WWE Radio vinyl sticker for your car or your laptop. A copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book. A pop socket for your phone. And just because, I'm also going to throw in a WWE Radio t-shirt as well. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Mia Passero from Italy. Not the pavilion, but the country. Shipping's going to cost me thousands of dollars. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm going to get your package out there right away. Congratulations to Mia and everybody else who entered. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because your next here's your next chance to enter in this week's, I'm still thinking about the shipping, this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I'm going to keep this simple and I think somewhat straightforward because, look, if you've met me, if you've seen me, if you've listened to the show like this week's, you know Walt Disney World for me is all about the dining. Attractions are just things you do in between meals. So I'm going to combine my two loves of dining and attractions and ask you to tell me or to name three restaurants in Walt Disney World that overlook an in-park attraction in Walt Disney World. So what I'm looking for, so I don't mean like boathouse overlooking characters in flight. This are These are restaurants in the parks that overlook an attraction. Name three. If you can name more, even better. You have until Sunday, December 2nd at 11.59 p.m. Again, you are going to play for all of the digital products, a vinyl sticker, a pop socket for your phone, a WWE, why not? It's the holidays. I'm going to throw in a WWE Radio t-shirt as well. All you need to do is go to this week's podcast. Use the online form there. Again, by Sunday, December 2nd at 11.59 p.m. So good luck and have fun. And now I'm hungry. 
That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I also want to thank and welcome some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your love and support and friendship and help. And I love, in exchange, being able to thank and give back to you each and every month. I want to thank some of the new members like Katie Zadka. I probably mispronounced that. C-Z-A-J-A. Wait, Katie Zadka. Zadka? Something like that. I'm sorry. Thank you. Susie Cooper, Kritzy Kelly, Jessica Hagler, Austin Wraith, Shannon Kelly, Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. You know her from the voicemails. Adam Smith and Jason Wiper. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate all of you individually and collectively. And if you, I'm talking to you, want to find out how you can help the show and also get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group custom magic band covers, uh, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts. I do monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. We also do an exclusive live video group call and lots more, including early access to special events. To find out more and see how you can help support the show, please visit www.wdwradio.com slash support. And don't forget to, that a portion of your proceeds do go to help benefit the Dream Team Project and Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And speaking of community and family, because that's what you are part of just by virtue of you being here, I want to not just have you out there listening, but really be part of the conversation. Please go to www.radio.com slash community. That is our Facebook group. Come by, introduce yourself, talk about this week or any show or Disney topic that you like. Also, be sure you like our page over at facebook.com slash radio. Also, I need voice lessons, clearly. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello, not just on Facebook, but Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. Be sure and join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live, where I do a live video broadcast. More importantly, it's a way for me to be able to chat with you one-on-one and collectively, not just getting feedback about the show, but talking about this week's Walt Disney World news, anything that you want to cover. Oftentimes, I'll be out and about from the parks as well. Again, the best way to make sure you don't just miss any Wednesday night show, but other shows that I do as I am out and about and sometimes traveling to other Disney parks. Again, like our Facebook page and turn on notifications in the group. You can also call the voicemail, be part of the show. I want to hear from you, whether it's about this week's show, anything going on in the Disney world or a prior, an older episode, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. You can also email me if you have a question I'm going to answer on the show, lou at www.radio.com. Of course, you know that as much as I like hearing from you and talking with you online, nothing, nothing, except maybe Boathouse, beats a handshake and a hug. That is why I love the opportunity and appreciate the opportunity to meet you in person. Our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is going to be this Saturday, December 8th. It's going to be at 4 o'clock at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Min and Bill's Dockside Diner. We can take in some of the holiday decor, some of the holiday music, maybe some of the holiday foods. Also, January's is going to be over Marathon Weekend. That'll be Saturday, January 12th. Same bat time, same bat channel, same bat location over at Magic Kingdom. I'll post details about the January meet. Again, come by the events page at www.radio.com. 
slash community to RSVP. Anyone and everyone is welcome. You can come alone, bring the entire family. It is obviously completely kid-friendly and always, always, always completely free. We also have other events coming up, including our trip to Japan in October of 2019. We now have two spots left for that. Our cruise from New Orleans in February 2019, and I'm going to have some additional announcements about events coming up for the next couple of months and years coming up very, very soon. I'll also be planning some additional meetups on the road as I travel to speak, and speaking of me speaking, if you go to loumangelo.com, you can find out how I can come to speak at your conference, your event, to your business, or to your, or your kids' school, whether it's about helping you turn your passion into your profession, customer service, from a Disney perspective, leadership lessons from Walt Disney World, following your dreams and your passions. There's a, if you go to loumangelo.com, click on the speaking tab, you can find an entire list of some of the topics I can come and speak to you or your business about. And if I can help you individually or in a small group setting, turn what you love into what you do, I invite you to come to the fourth, wow, I can't believe it's the fourth, Momentum Weekend Workshop and Optional Mastermind Day in Walt Disney World, Saturday and Sunday, September 28th, and 29th, again, with that optional Mastermind Day, it is limited to just 50 people with just 10 for the Mastermind Day. To learn more, go to loumangelo.com, click on the Momentum tab, find out more about the event. Tickets are on sale now. You can take advantage of our super-duper early bird price. And I'm also going to be hosting a Momentum weekend retreat, again, limited to just 10 people. It is a weekend-long, small Mastermind event where we go and stay at a luxury vacation home in Orlando. It was previously scheduled for the first weekend in February. That is going to be rescheduled. Look for a new date soon. And again, if you stay tuned to loumangelo.com, you can find out more. Thanks as always to my partner, more importantly, my friend, Becky Mankin and the entire team over at mousefantravel.com. They are my official. They're my recommended provider. It's who I, it's who I suggest to you, my friend, because it's who I use and it's who I trust. So whether you are looking to go to world or land or cruise or adventures by Disney or anywhere on this beautiful planet, she and her team will give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, more importantly, at no cost to you, but yet with a same level of exceptional personal service. Again, visit them at mousefantravel.com. Go to celebrationspress.com to find out how you can subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend and you, I'm talking just to you. You are my friend, whether we have met yet or not. And all I ask is that if you like this show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to this week's show, one of your favorite episodes. Share it over on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, Friendster, CompuServe, Prodigy, your favorite bulletin board, wherever it may be. But if you can, take 30 seconds just to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It is incredibly helpful. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Mommy Her from the United States who says, Disney forever, with lots of exclamation points. Wow. WW Radio is still a gift that keeps on giving. Lou, a.k.a. Pooh, I'm assuming that's because of my similarly roundish and short stature is a lovable friend that makes you smile every time you hear him his love and knowledge of disney i own it it's okay makes me love my my love of needing to be in disney parks at bay while i can't be there also while hearing you walk around on live reviews i can hear the noises and the music when i close my eyes i can smell the smells it transports me back even for a few seconds all the top 10 to little timmy foster make me giggle the food reviews where do i start 
I have to find a snack every time because it makes me so hungry. It's amazing. I love when you have your family with you on your restaurant review, so hopefully you like this week's show. Hope sometime we could meet up to grab one of those awesome Lou hugs and maybe a snack. How's that? Uh, we're coming for ten our 10-year wedding anniversary in February. Can't wait. Hope to meet you then. Disney, here we come. Thank you, Lou. Hugs from Nebraska. Hugs right back to you, Mommy. Thank you for that. And yes, I hope to meet you in February. Fred Abley, I know that guy, says it's an excellent, in all caps, so we must really mean it, an excellent Disney podcast. With And Fred Abley, by the way, go to getmecoding.com if you want to teach your kids, or if you are a kid and want to learn how to code, Fred, Mr. Fred, is an amazing teacher and has a free course for you. Shameless plug. There you go. With so many podcasts out there, you don't have to search anymore. It's the podcast that brings us all back home to Disney, whose passion for Disney is only beaten by his passion for his listeners beaten by his passion for his listeners, not beating up the listeners. His upbeat style and ability to connect with us is a gift. Simply put, it's Disney in a podcast, and he can have it with you whether you're walking down Main Street USA with an audio guide or hopping on your business flight 3,000 miles away from the parks or walking to your dinner reservations at the Boathouse in Disney Springs. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Mr. Fred. Ben P. 18 from the United Kingdom. I love the United Kingdom and the people and the snacks and the accents. He says it's a wonderful podcast. I'm a former and hopefully future Walt Disney World cast member and absolutely love. I'm saying this now with a British accent in my head. I absolutely love the WW Radio podcast. My favorite with the U are the top tens with Tim and the listener emails with Becky. I would definitely consider myself in this uh, an expert in the small details of the Florida parks. However, I'm always learning something new through listening to Lou. I listen to my podcast on the way to work each week, and it always brightens my day. Thanks, Lou, and keep up the great work, Ben. Ben, Fred, Mommy, thank you also very much again. Just go to go to iTunes, search for WDW Radio, or if you go to WDWRadio.com slash iTunes, I'll give you a direct link and instructions on how to do it. And finally, and most importantly, from the bottom of my little heart, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I I am so grateful for you. I don't just say it on this podcast every day, every week. I think about it every single day. And I am truly thankful for your time and attention and gift and blessing of being able to share my passion with you. And because I know and I remember that life is very short, I want you to remember that too. And that should be it should be spent and savored doing something that you love every single day. So if there is something that that did you love doing that you're not, ask yourself why and what are you going to do to change that? And if I can help you in any way, please reach out to me, come to Momentum, send me an email, whatever I can do. This is the longest outro ever, but I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you so very much once again. I hope truly that this is your best week ever. So until next time, thank you. See ya. Hi, Lou. Um, this is Tiffany Collado. Um, I've been listening to your show since I was 14 years old, and right now I'm 24 years old. And I just wanted to thank you so much for everything you do for each segment and how much detail you put into everything uh, you do and um, the history and just everything. I've been listening for such a long time, and you've definitely helped me get through some really tough times through school, through my undergrad, through my master's degree, and you definitely helped me to think my happy thoughts all the time, whether I'm at school or I'm at Disney, and every segment you put out, I'm just so happy, 
And um, again, I just wanted to thank you for how much work and how much effort and just everything you do for your fans and for each segment. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Lou. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Catherine from Massachusetts. My son and I recently listened to show 535, the top 10 things we love about Main Street USA. My answer is pretty typical because I just love that feeling of joy I get when I walk under the train bridge and out onto Main Street. But my son had a really cool answer that I thought kind of shows the difference in generations. So I wanted him to be able to tell it to you. So here he is. Hello, Lou. This is Mason from Massachusetts. I would like to tell you that my favorite thing about Main Street USA is that's where you get your pack of cards before you play Source of Magic Kingdom to start your adventure. I love going over to the firehouse to get my cards. That's my favorite part about Main Street USA. Casey's Corner is another favorite of mine because I love food. And I love baseball! The Daily Radio Show is wonderful to listen to. It really does bring Disney magic to us wherever we are. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. I just got finished listening to 537, the Native Americans in the Disney parks and movies, and I loved it. Um, I did tell one of the veterinarians that I work with about it because he's big into Native American history and um, culture and he's actually been out to the Hopi Reservation out west a couple times to donate um, his surgical expertise for spay and neuter on the Hopi Reservation and he's also adopted two dogs from there. So. This was one that was a little bit closer to home, even though I'm not Native American. Uh, it did open my eyes to how engrossed it is in the parks, and I really love it. I thought it was such a great podcast for you guys to do something different, and I am definitely going to go out and look for those details if I ever take that solo trip. So everybody have a wonderful weekend. It's Saturday night. The snow is melting. Yay. Um, I'll see you all in the box next week. Have a wonderful weekend and make somebody smile. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Debbie Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I am calling in to say that the WDW Radio Meet of the Month for December 8th will be at Min and Bill's Dockside Diner in Disney's Hollywood Studios from 4 p.m. to 5.30. So if you can make it on Saturday of, or yes, is that Saturday? Oh, my goodness. I think it is. Um, let me look at the calendar really quick. That's coming up really fast. Oh, wow, it is. It's a Saturday. Woo! Yay! Okay, so next week's Saturday, 4 to 5.30 p.m. Then I have 59 days until the Walt Disney World trip with my husband. And I've got my gas passes all booked up. Woohoo! So excited to be there um, in 59 days. Then, Lou and Becky, you and the lucky group of travelers that are going on the Japan Adventures by Disney trip have 317 days. I hope you guys all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and 
Happy holidays. Love, hugs, and stay positive. Verde, the most advanced desert reclamation complex in the Western Hemisphere, invites you to explore its wide range of career possibilities. Maglev Express Service to Mesa Verde leaves every 30 minutes.